think we should start with welcome to the SNM podcast. SNM stands for Say I'm Sean and Morris podcast. Not not sadomasochism. Just want to make that perfectly crystal clear for those of you who may be wondering. Are, do we want to make that like our, our intro thing, or is that just that's, <laughs> gonna get, that's gonna get old? Not every episode. No, yeah, yeah. Well, ha- happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, indeed. It's been quite a wonderful day so far. Doing a lot of dad things, cleaning out the garage, mowing the lawn, swimming in the pool, drinking. <laughs> it's a good Father's Day, a good Sunday. It is, it is. So, we want to do this thing a little bit different, because I figure since we're going to have listeners at some point, right now it's just for Aaron. Right. So, Hi, hello, Aaron. Aaron. Uh, Are but, you happy? <laughs> <laughs> but I figure, uh, I figure it, it would be a... It would be smart for the listeners to come back and listen and kind of get to know who is running this podcast and, and get to know uh, who, who they're listening to. 100%. So, uh, in the... Well, that's why you're interviewing me, because I'm running this podcast. Sure. There we go. <laughs> uh, so, I think in the interest of Father's Day, since you are a proud papa... I am. Uh, I think this would be a, a great way to start and... This podcast is all about what makes Sean Farland. What is Sean Farland all about? Sure. So, uh, I, I think this is going to be fun. I think we're going to learn some stuff, hopefully. Oh, it's going to be muy divertido. And hopefully you are an open book. So, Always an open book. Sometimes you, the pages stick together, though. Are you ready to go with this? I'm ready. Pages stick together, so there's been some... A uh, little bit of messy stuff in between there, done, right? I mean... There were magazines before there were laptops, I'm just saying. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's true. I don't know if you have any questions pertaining to that, but there's also I'm full No, nothing like no, I don't think anything of that nature. Okay. But there there used to be uh, phone calls too, right? With uh Yeah. Oh with, yeah. With dial up. Yep. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> more so why don't you tell us more about the good times with dial up. Oh man. Well let's jump into this. Sean Farland. Let's talk, let's talk about your, your childhood here. So growing up in, as a Bay Area native, yes. right, what was it like growing up in the Bay Area? What, what what are some things you enjoyed about it, and how would you compare your life in the Bay Area to your life now living in Fresno? Uh, growing up in the Bay Area was phenomenal. It was, well, I was born in San Jose and lived there until I was four and lived in two different houses, had a sister she is two and a half years younger than me, and uh, God went to. Uh, I, I have vivid memories of that house down in San Jose. Uh, my <laughs> my neighbor on the opposite. We were a corner house, and so the neighbor behind us had a kid who was kind of my age, and we'd throw toys over the fence to each other to play with. But uh, I always remember he was kind of a bad kid and always getting in trouble and stuff. But anyway, um, did you get lumped in with the? Uh the bad kids since they were neighbors? No, not necessarily. I was a gamer from day one, like NES at age like three or four, and just quickly gravitated towards those who were playing video games who were oftentimes nerds or had grand imaginations instead of the jocks or, you know, whatever. Uh, But I moved when I was in first grade out to Moraga, which is in the East Bay area, and... You know, grew up there, went to Reem Elementary, Joaquin Raga Intermediate, and then Camp Lindo High School. And 
went to college in Irvine and then moved back to the Bay Area afterwards where I spent my 20s and then turned 30, 31, met my wife online, moved out to Fresno, got married. Five years later, here we are, I'm getting a divorce and I couldn't be happier. Okay. That's Sorry, that, that might have extrapolated a little further beyond your question, but so I'm, I, I go on. So um, let, let's talk about that then. C- comparing, you know, now living in Fresno, yeah. right? Yeah. To your your life in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. what are the to you? What are the big biggest differences? What are pluses and minuses on on both sides of the spectrum? So big plus, uh, Bart. When I lived in Berkeley, uh, I took advantage of Bart because I lived really close to a Bart station, which had uh, stops at the Oakland Coliseum and kind of near-ish to the San Francisco, whatever. But you could get anywhere you wanted. So the, <laughs> the short amount of time that I was doing online dating, it was super convenient. You could meet a girl 30 minutes away and like pay six bucks to take a BART ride there and back. Um, that part was awesome. Fresno is like, it's more spread out. Like you've got to get in the car and drive somewhere. Walking places isn't really feasible. Uh, but there's pluses and minuses with that, you know? It, it, it comes and goes. Um, I mean, obviously, the first thing that drew me to Fresno over the Bay Area was the cost of living. You know, it's absolutely ridiculous what you have to pay for rent. I moved out of a two-bedroom, tiny-ass apartment in downtown Berkeley where we were paying sixteen fifty a month. Wow. Into a three-bedroom house with a garage and a yard for 1200 a month. Wow. And my jaw just effing dropped. So I was, you know, welcoming Fresno with open arms, you know? Uh, obviously, I didn't know much about... But well, no, obviously, I didn't know much about Fresno before moving out here, other than people were saying, why the F would you ever move to Fresno? So, and here I am saying, well, here's why. But they both have, obviously, their ups and downs. Now, it's it's an exorbitant cost of living in the Bay Area right now. Like, I, I don't know why you would want to set up shop there, uh, unless you were obviously making millions of dollars or whatever, but... And, and obviously, you know, I concur with uh, why would you want to set, 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 set up shop at all in the Bay Area because I'm not a fan of the Bay, but... I'm dancing around these questions because I know the, the target is the Bay Area for you. You're somehow make me fry the Bay Area right now. No, no, <laughs> that's, not, that's not what this is about. That's, that's, that's not my personal reference. I, gotcha, I, gotcha. I think the Bay Area is garbage, but mm. it's also your, your hometown, so it's important. I think it would be important for people to know about it and, and uh, how you grew up. So what prompted... You know, being a Bay Area boy, and we know you're 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 a big fan of it. Your family's over there. How did you end up going to Irvine versus staying local and going to uh, UC or, or college down that way? And what college did you end up in in Irvine? Uh, that's an excellent question, Morris. Uh, well, actually, when I was applying for colleges, uh, my choices were kind of limited. As uh, you know, I felt the need to comply with expectations, so the UCs. You know, were definitely the uh, the primary target. Uh, you know, private schools get super ridiculously expensive, and I wasn't a you know outstanding athlete at the moment. You know, to worthy of a scholarship or anything, and so I was uh, recruited by the coach at Michigan State. Uh, for vol- for playing on their volleyball team, but uh, that was quickly kind of squashed as it was, you know, a little too far. And I was raised of the mindset that, you know, you want a quality school, 
I'd heard, I, I, I didn't know much about Michigan State, but I think it was more so the fact that my parents didn't want me to go that far, mm. that it was kind of, you know. But anyway, um, I got accepted to two colleges. I got accepted to UC Irvine, and I got accepted to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. And I went to both of them, and I just felt like the environment around Irvine and the campus uh, was just gorgeous, and I wanted to... I wanted to be in Southern California, and you literally live in Newport Beach and go to college, college parties in Newport Beach, like which Newport's beautiful. Oh my God, yeah, it was. I those were the craziest five years of my life. Like, yeah, welcome, welcome to your white privilege. True. <laughs> well, I, you know, there, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, yeah. I party with everybody, dude. Like, I, 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 the funny. Okay, so, so in high school. Right, I love it because I had such a diverse cast of friends that it was never really a thing to me. Right, mm-hmm. one of my best friends was Indian, and so he had a couple friends of his that were Indian as well. Um, I also one of my neighbors down the street was black, and so totally hung out with him a lot. Uh, a lot of Asian friends, you know, it, it was just it was great. It was a melting pot, and it was you know, I am privileged that I was in that area to get that kind of exposure, and you know, I'm very grateful for it. And I wish everybody had that kind of opportunity to, you know, grow up safely and in an environment conducive to diversity and inclusion and whatnot. I, I think that's, yeah, I do think that's one of the, the benefits that we, with everything wrong that goes on with California, I think that's one of the benefits we get from living here is mm-hmm. it is a melting pot. And, you know, I had friends of all different uh, shapes, sizes, nationalities, everything. And you just don't think about any of that, which I know there's other parts of the country that that is a serious thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it is. I think I think it's more of a California privilege. It is. It is. Unfortunately, we pay for it in other ways for living in California, but it it's cool to be able to be a part of all these different cultures and experience everything. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's let's get on it because you you brought up brought up uh, that you almost got a scholarship to Michigan State for volleyball. So what uh, sparked your interest in volleyball what like when did that start how did it get going for you (laughs) so uh i remember in first grade elementary school playing a game in pe called butterball which was volleyball you got a bounce and you could catch the ball and then throw it i loved that game it was so much fun and then I, i always thought volleyball was so hard and then i got to junior high school sixth grade played after-school volleyball, and this girl that I thought was really, really cute was there, and uh, and she was on my team, and so we had an amazing season, and I really didn't realize that, like, I liked her until after volleyball was over, and by that time, it was, uh, like, we were having PE, and she was in my PE class, and, like, it was square dancing, and, like, I was just like, oh, my God, like, I was totally that awkward kid, but, um, yeah, after school volleyball in uh, junior high school is what actually sparked my interest in really going after volleyball. Well, so you, I mean, you've competed in volleyball tournaments Absolutely. before. Absolutely. I mean, so are you more traditional, like on the court, or beach volleyball in the sand? What, I mean, what's your what's your preference? What, what what are you drawn to? So yeah, so there's 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 three main modes, if you will, of volleyball. There's indoor, six person. Well, I'm sorry, there's four that I know of. Indoor six, there's outdoor grass doubles, there's grass, uh, sorry, there's uh, uh, beach doubles, and then there's nine man, but that's, you know, 
nine people on Twitter. Anyway, um, my preferred mode of playing right now is beach, partially because I'm an old man and it's easier on my knees, but also because in beach you get to do everything, you know? In indoor, you are part of a machine. Mm-hmm. And the machine performs when everyone's doing their job correctly. Like, my job was to block and hit, block and hit, block and hit. When you play beach, you have to pass, you have to set, you have to block, you have to hit, you have to serve, you have to do all this other stuff. So, it's a compl- not a completely different game, but it's very, very, very different. Wow. Um, and so now, I, I love beach, I wish I got started in beach earlier. Um, I just love the outdoor aspect of volleyball. Um, especially when you're at the beach. It's just a good time playing a good sport. Nice. Well, sounds exciting. I may have to go watch some volleyball tournaments now. I highly recommend it. Preferably the, the women volleyball. When, well, <laughs> when they start up, Santa Cruz has these tournaments, and it's guys and girls, and they're always a fun time. Nice. Always a fun time. Well, then, I, I do have a question, because I did some, some diving into a little bit of your background, mm-hmm. and... Um, and you know how it is with Facebook they have everything yeah, absolutely explain to me because I I have no idea what it is but now I'm curious what is Bay 2 Breakers Bay 2 Breakers is and by the way it looked like it looks like a fun time so that's yeah. why I gotta ask okay Bay 2 Breakers is this gigantic participatory parade that moves from one side of San Francisco to the other so people come en masse in you know teams or even individually uh, f- to celebrate this event, and it's just a good time party moving down the street, right? People drinking, people going nuts. But the actual Beta Breakers is a foot race, and so that starts at a certain time, and they run, and they actually race. There's a winner of the Beta Breakers race, but it's mostly known for its it's just a, a party. A moving party down, you know, through San Francisco. So it's something that I, I would be interested in. Absolutely, event, right? so, absolutely. So is it almost like a pub pub crawl? Would yeah. you say it too? Yeah, so uh, it, with a pub with, crawl race. Yeah, with floats and like other stuff and like groups of people just being dumb. Like, it's so much fun. It would be nice if it was somewhere other than the Bay Area for me, but sure. But yeah, I, I, I could see myself enjoying something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, so growing up. Um, again, Bay Area. You're an adamant, you're adamant, and a, a pretty big Raiders fan and Oakland Athletics fan, right? So yes. we know how the Bay Area works. There's multiple sports teams out there. So why? What made you choose Raiders and Athletics versus like the Giants and Niners? Well, let me tell you something, Morris. Uh, when I first started watching football, my original memories were of Joe Montana. Um, Roger Craig, Tom Rathman, all these, you know, Jerry Rice, all these old, amazing 49ers, and, like, they would win the Super Bowl, and that's what I remember watching at my earliest years. Then uh, it was something that just, I gravitated towards the skull and crossbones and the Raiders and... um, I just, I, I, I don't know, I can't really explain it. It just happened. Um, I've always been more of an A's than a Giants fan in baseball. Um, 1989, Donruss, I think I had all the baseball cards. You know, I had, uh, uh, shoot, but countless amounts of 
baseball cards that are probably worth nothing right now. But, um, you know, I'm Mark McGuire, Jose Canseco, 1989. Dur- I remember exactly where I was during that earthquake. Um, I was <laughs> I was at my friend's apartment in his apartment complex, and I was just looking out his door, and there's the pool shaking side to side, and there's waves of water just leaving it. And then I look up in this chimney, like there's this jagged edge that's cut in between the, the, the bricks, and it's sliding back and forth like it's about to fall down. Oh, anyway, yeah. Um, and we won the World Series that year, so go A's. So is that a scary situation, seeing all that, or were you like, oh, whatever, it's, it's another earthquake? It, it was kind of scary. It was kind of scary. Like, I was more so intrigued as to whether or not this chimney was going to fall over and, like, cause some serious damage, but... So how old would you have been at that time then? 1989, I would have been seven. Seven. Wow. Seven. Yeah. It's good memory too, for if, especially going all the way back to seven. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So. So it's not. It wasn't like a family. It's not like a family-wide thing. It's you grew up. You ended up choosing your team, being from the area, and okay. So is that is it the hope to instill that in your own children, Titus and Tate? They're going to be Raiders fans. And I mean, fans. I'm. I, I will definitely be cheering for who I cheer for, and I'm not going to be disappointed one bit if they choose a different team, even if it's to, you know, get at me. Like that's fine. You know, they're they're totally entitled to their opinion. Like so no, but um, unless they say Cowboys, right? No Cowboys fans. I mean, or Broncos. That's the thing. Is like I I can only I mean he'll definitely catch a lot of grief from me. You know, if he does choose that team, but. He'd better not. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Well, you're the parent, right? I, I, yeah, I try to be. Teach him right. We'll see. How are you feeling about the uh, the Oakland Raiders going to the Las Vegas Raiders? Now? I freaking love it. I think that team's due for an upgrade. Oakland was treating them like shit, so move to a better supporting city, and what better supporting city is there than Vegas? Well, uh, well, I think I think it's smart too for just money wise for for the team, the you know the owner of the stadium. People are you're gonna have fans from all over, all over the country coming in to go yeah. see the Raiders, and I can't see one, I can't see one of those games not getting sold out once all this quarantine lifts and all this shenanigans happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's a that's a whole nother thing. Like you're talking about going from quarantine into sports. Like a lot of the money that comes to sports is from selling tickets, selling concessions, and whatnot. And uh, after talking to a couple owners of movie theaters recently with the mandatory social distancing of different groups, you can cut your butts in seats by 65% easy. Jeez. Can you imagine what that's going to do to income of sports franchises? How, what the prices of things are going to be? Like, it's it's going to be nuts. Well, I imagine it would be a little bit cheaper at first because they want to start getting butts in seats again and get people uh, not, not freaking out as much. Yeah. So if the cost is right, people will go do it. That's why, like Vegas, cheap flights to Vegas everywhere right now. Um, well, really anywhere is pretty cheap, and yeah, hotels are the the casinos are giving them free rooms right yeah. now. So you know how I can see somehow uh, sports coming back in full force is actual like this would be massive, but an overhauling and retrofitting of these stadiums mm-hmm. to accommodate groups of people. So if you buy tickets in groups of one, two, three, four, five, whatever, you get seated accordingly and you're distanced from other groups of people, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have a group of three, you're on this level and you get these seats and you're right here. And that's at least this far from other people. Like you could totally do that yeah, and, and make it safe, you know? And I, I, 
because obviously everybody wants sports, right? Oh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, that would create a lot of work. A lot of people would go back to work doing all this huge projects, construction and stuff. But Well, I think it's a necessity, too, because sports, sports can easily become a distraction from all the, the issues, you know, with work, you know, politics. The point is to get, to get, away, get away from that and have something that can get your mind off of it for even a cu- couple of hours because you know you're going to go right back into it. Mm-hmm. You know, throughout the week, absolutely, know, and afterwards, everything. So, yeah, I I, I think it would be very important for sport sports to get back into uh, the swing of things, provided hopefully they can keep politics out of it completely, and just let it be for what it is. Yeah, a way to distract you and be entertained for a couple of hours before you have to go back into the uh, part of my language with the shit of things. Yeah, and 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 it gives people something to hope for. Right, yeah. because right now, if you're working, which I'm hoping most people are back to work, um, you don't really have. I mean, depending on what your interests are, those of us who are sports fans, we look forward to that, you know, satisfaction, that fulfillment, that competition. And when you don't have that, it, it leaves a serious wanting and a, a void that not much else can fill. Yeah, and. And like you know, when you have a fr- when you're friends with someone from a competing team, it's just fun. It, it's a fun way to smack talk and oh, totally. bond with your friends and family. Fantasy football, like oh, it's oh, I'm I'm gonna <laughs> miss that so much. <laughs> oh so, my god, yeah, those are always good times. So we talked about raising your kids right, right? When you for you, it's you know making sure they're Raiders fans and athletic fans. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to I want to get a little deep here with you. Okay, right? go a little deep. So I've noticed, you know. You're, we're living together now, and I've noticed uh, your conversations. You have conversations with your aunt, and, and I say your uncle. You call him what, what's his name? Is it Steve? Is that right? Or what's my sister? Is it your sister? My sister Holly and Steve, her fiance. Is it your? No, I thought you. You've, I've heard you talking to your aunt before, right? Um, I was talking to my aunt Chris. Okay. And her husband's name is George. Yeah. So, but she's. she's I, and I think I pointed it out to you, right? Because technically, he's your uncle now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, anyway, back back on my my point. Um, but yeah, you have you seem to have you know really good conversations and, and long conversations with your sister, your aunt, your parents. So there seems to be a very you know uh, a, a tight knit family, a very close family, which is really refreshing to see because not a lot of people are like that, right? Yeah. So what are some things you'd say that you feel your parents did right growing up? that allowed your family to be so closely connected and communicate as well as they do. Mm-hmm. And what are what are things that you want to take from what you learned growing up and be able to instill in Titus and Tate? That's a great question. Um, I think they instilled with me a, a, a sense of hard work and accomplishment and reward and um, definitely a sense of, of, of empathy and caring and, and, and obviously loving a lot. I mean, my parents have been together since high school, so I was very fortunate that, you know, they were they're still together to this day and they're perfect for each other. Um, I wanted to have that kind of connection with my kids and, you know, their mom, but unfortunately that's not happening. So, I mean, it is what it is. and. It would be much worse if we were to stay together because it was just getting rotten. But they always seem to work things out and overcome whatever adversity came their way. 
And I was hoping to be able to do that in our relationship, but that's just not what happened. Mm -hmm. uh, so I want to make sure that I teach these boys to, you know, be determined, be dedicated, but also, you know, stay focused and be responsible. Because I know I have my own areas that I want to work on at the same time instill within them and that is it's refreshing because it's making me obviously forcing me to be a better person you know because I'm always preaching lead by example so um, that's, 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 that's another thing I, I have to say that they instilled in me as lead by example like they would never do something that or, or tell me to do something they wouldn't do you know like they're straight up totally honest yeah oh, that's a great answer but oh thank you yeah it just yeah it's it's something i was curious about because you know you you hear it and i have friends and on all different sides of the spectrum but it is very refreshing to see how close you are with your family and that's why i wanted to, to ask about it and bring it up because you know if at some point which hopefully people do hear this you know that might be something this that's something i think people could take take you know from this podcast and i think totally. really cool yeah so gotta get to the, the million dollar question right okay. which is very very Ooh, very what important. was that one the the, the that, five hundred thousand dollar one that was making we got a little bit deep there but okay. but uh million dollar question here we go but your your passion yeah for magic the gathering the card <laughs> game <laughs> is, I've never heard of that game before in my life. Is is insanely out of this world, right? Yeah, like, like guilty, ridiculously. <laughs> but like, it would be hard to find a bigger nerd. Uh, They're I, out I, there. I, I'm, I know they are. <laughs> but for people, for currently listening to this podcast, <laughs> sure, I'm sure you could find them. But I mean, it's it's hard. It would be hard to find someone who nerds out bigger bigger than you do on Magic the Gathering. Okay, right. So. What about that game? What what was it that got you involved in it? Got you so so determined to the point where you've competed in tournaments, started a, a semi-successful podcast with with it, and had uh, many followers. Was there? I think you said there was potential sponsorships on that too. We were sponsored. Yeah, you're sponsored. Like, how did it get to that point? In, in a serious question, not 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 making fun. I know I've joked with you about it before, but 100%. like, how did you get to the point of magic becoming such a huge part of your life? So, let me kind of go back to the very beginning because it's an easy answer, uh, and I'll preface it by saying, baseball cards. I was buying the baseball cards, right? Mm -hmm. I was always into fantasy adventure. I I watched He Man growing up. If you're familiar with He Man, oh yeah. Uh, you know, it starred this 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 like barbarian kind of guy uh, with his wizard friend, and they were taking on Skeletor, who was this like skeleton knight, death knight, whatever you want to call. It. Anyway, that whole fantasy adventure type stuff just really sort of resounded within me. Like I read The Hobbit. I did. I wasn't a big reader, but that kind of crap totally got me going. So when I saw there was a dragon, a Shivan dragon, on the cover of the uh, Magic the Gathering revised edition uh, like booster box or something like that I was like I want to see what this is so I opened it up and I just I immediately fell in love like there was lightning bolts and and, 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 and all these different colors and you cast spells and you basically were a wizard and this was your spell book 
because that's why the back of the magic card was supposed to look like a spell book which is why when they changed the logo or whatever I was furious but that's a different story um, old man yelling at clouds so uh, anyway so I started buying not much but as much as my allowance would allow and it was at the local shopping center where I would walk my dog it was like a 10 minute walk to get there uh, across the street was the bowling alley where I could play Killer Instinct too so I would nice. go there and, great game yeah um, you know buy my magic cards buy my scry magazine where I could look up the prices of the cards and everything and um, excuse me nice burp thank you um, <laughs> so just building decks playing with friends taking it on Boy Scout camping trips taking them to school this all happened within the span of like two, two maybe three years. I was just going ham, right? And uh, then I went into high school and discovered girls and, you know, whatever. Uh, then I went to college, met somebody who had cards. We played casually, whatever, didn't think much of it. Left, graduated college, came back home. So um, after I got back from college, uh, a buddy of mine who I used to play with we got our cards out and lo and behold there was a card shop nearby so we went and it bit us again and we started buying playing uh, and then they started introducing new formats like Commander and I, I, I never got too too competitive with it um, but uh, I did go to some tournaments later on like my later 20s you know mm -hmm. early 30s and uh, I, I was so into it. I, I loved it so much. It was the deck building. It was the worlds that you were playing in. There was storyline. Like it was just, it was so much to consume. And that's when I started listening to podcasts. I started watching YouTube videos and, and just consuming a voracious amount of content. And then it was to the point where I was just listening to all these podcasts and I ran out of stuff to listen to. And I'm like, well, damn it, I want to make one. You know, there's probably someone else out there like me. I'm going to make something so we all can live. And so it was this just casual magic podcast that, uh, you know, we changed hosts like four episodes through due to scheduling, but it took off for 75 episodes. And we had contests. We had people emailing us, following us on Twitter and Instagram. Like, it was it was kind of insane. I mean, it was small time, but it was just nuts to, to, to do that and know that people are out there, like, depending on your next episode because... They want to know, you know, what else you have to say. And our biggest draw was the actual, it was the storyline. Because uh -huh. all these other podcasts were better players, so all their information was more pertinent in terms of competitive. And uh, not too many people were doing storyline stuff, so that was, that's kind of what we did. Uh, but then, when I switched jobs to a five-day-a-week job, I lost out on an extra day of, you know, productivity. And I was married still at the time, and I didn't have much free time, so... Uh, that project kind of fell by the wayside, unfortunately. But I still would like buy a box of Magic when the new sets came out, try to stay up to date, build some decks, whatnot. And over the time, I have a, I have amassed uh, a a scary collection. It's 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 huge, and a lot of it is not worth much. So part of what I was doing this weekend was sorting sorting it down to just the cards that I will need to play with, and then selling off the rest. And it's conveniently at the same time that I'm trying to put a down payment down for a car. So we'll see what we can do. It'd be um, nice to get a down payment on a car from Magic it Cards. It really would be, yeah. Which is crazy because collect, I mean, in anything, when it comes to dealing with collectors, I mean, if you have the right thing, you yeah. get a pretty penny for it. Well, I paid, I would say, I, I should say I've sold 
probably between eight and nine thousand dollars worth of magic cards over the last couple of years to pay bills, pay the mortgage, stuff like that when we were short on money. And so I'm thankful for that, but at the same time, like those are cards that I know I'm probably never going to buy again. Yeah. Uh, but it was nice to have that there. And I mean, I wasn't necessarily playing with them all that much, but just the collectible aspect of it is definitely another draw of me to this game. So if people wanted to find this other podcast you're in, yes. is it still up and running? Oh, it's still up. All, all 75 episodes. It's the Win Condition Podcast. And uh, it's it, the, the symbol is a TWC in the old magic font. And then the, the five different colors behind it. And it just says, yeah, TWC, the Win Condition Podcast. Uh, yeah, all episodes are up there. And you know, we want to know it's really funny. Spoiler alert. This is a true story. The very last episode... I feel terrible for saying this. The very last episode, uh, we announced winners to a giveaway. Oh, shit. And we never sent the prize. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm a terrible human being. Um, so, anyway. Send them to him now. I know, right? <laughs> I, I should dig those out and send them. Um, and you know what's really funny? My co-host made a joke, and he says, Hey, by the time we send you your prize, this thing may still be legal and standard. <laughs> <laughs> The standard is a rotating format, meaning, yeah, it should have been done a long time ago. But. So, essentially, I mean, it, it's it's like a for, form of a addiction with, in a True. good in, in a good way, though, right? Because you're not you're not addicted to any drugs or any other things. I would say I'm addicted to building and playing. Yeah, you know, like the buying aspect is is fun, but so I can say because I I don't play Magic the Gathering. I I've, I've actually never. There's still time. Yeah. Maybe potentially. <laughs> so I've, yeah, I've never, I've never even played a game mm-hmm. of it. Is he stuck in my keyboard? I don't know. There's a. We are currently doing this podcast outside, <laughs> and there's a bug. Oh, there he goes. Flew on Sean's. Is that a? What is that? It's like a beetle, beetle? of some sort. I it, don't know. It's gonna end up in one of our mouths. Probably yeah. talking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, his foot literally got jammed in the keyboard, and I was trying to blow to get him off, and you could see him being, like, restrained by his leg. So what you're saying is you blew a beetle. I did. Nice. I did. Nice. It's hot. And a NSFW, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, so I know, again, I'm not a Ma- I, I haven't been a Magic the Gathering fan. I, I've never played a game in my life, but I know it's always interesting, you know, learning from other people and, and seeing, seeing other things, and... My experience uh, of magic, and for forever will be my experience. It was feeding off of your energy and your excitement from it. I've never seen someone geek out or nerd out as much as possible, which in a good way, right? Your energy literally, like I, f- I fed off of this whole whole visit. So you need to going off of talking about magic. You need to go into your experience from start to finish <laughs> of what it was like walking up. In, when we were in Seattle and going to Wizard of the Coast and experiencing the mecca of your your world, it was it was surreal. Like it was it was walking into that building was like how, how do I put this? When you're watching Indiana Jones, uh, what's the third one called? The Last Crusade. Okay. When he walks into the room with all the Grails, like that's kind of how this felt. You know, but but without the negative of, of choosing unwisely, like you, I, I walked in and I was just like, wow, this is this is literally where everybody works that makes the game that I love so much, and everyone's so friendly. Like, 
we walked in the door and I'm talking to this woman and she's just smiling and like you can tell she's super happy to be there and you know she's like oh hey do you want some goodie bags and while she's getting them ready uh, I, I turn around and I see Tom Ross walk in the door and he's one of the most amazing magic players I've ever watched and I I ran over to him and I'm like dude dude hey what's up man like can we t- I wasn't like super creepy or anything I don't think I was it was a little creepy but but, in a but, good, in a, I, but you're a fanboy yeah yeah, yeah so I was like hey, you might want to take a picture and he was totally cool with it yeah you know, he was like yeah I should take a picture he was wearing his leather jacket is he totally he always always wears a leather jacket it's so funny um, and so then uh, then she was like you know do you want to go on a tour or whatever and she's like is there anybody you want to meet and 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 I was like well. Richard, no, not Richard Garfield. He's the creator of the game. Um, Mark Rosewater is the head of research and development. And so I was like, well, Mark's probably busy, but you know, she's like, do you want to meet Mark? And I'm like, yeah. So she's like, okay. So calls you, you'll be ready in 10 minutes. Let's yep. go upstairs. And, and, and I, I, I was I was kind of kind of shaking at this, at oh, this no, moment. No, you weren't kind of shaking. <laughs> you, you were, your, arm, your hand was like, could not stop. It yeah. was like, it was like you had just... You're, yeah. you're a junkie looking for your next fix. You're shaking that bad. Pretty, pretty close. Um, I and I want to say what was was super cool about the experience too is this is their corporate headquarters, right? This is an office complex. Oh yeah. And we had no appointment. We just walked up, and it's not like um, it's just it, like picture any giant corporate building, right? That's basically what it was. Mm-hmm. There was no appointment scheduled, and we just walked in, and they let us take a tour. Yeah. And like they, you got to meet your heroes and yeah it, that was like one of the coolest things and very refreshing about it like they they gave us they gave me goodie bags and i'm not like i knew nothing about the game yeah, which yeah. Was really cool. well wizards of the coast also you know produces dungeons and dragons i'm sure that there's either one or maybe even two other floors dedicated to dungeons and dragons in that building as well <coughs> um but uh but yeah just and, and and then being there and just knowing how 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 big the space actually is that they have to work it is a finite amount of space and it makes you kind of like Wow, all this stuff happens just in the confines of this floor of this building, you know, and it's uh, it's, uh, it's 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 really really cool. What I what I also kind of something about Wizards of the Coast is if you work there, you're not allowed to participate in the tournaments, you know, the competitive scene. Okay. Uh, and so there's been people who have gone back and forth between working at Wizards of the Coast and as soon as they leave, they jump back on the competitive circuit, and I've seen them go back and forth, you know, and stuff like that. Um, so it's uh, it's 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 an incredible just ecosystem that this game has kind of spawned, and you know the fact that in 1993 when it started, uh, you know, and we were there in what 2018, 15, 25 years uh, after <laughs> I started playing, I'm finally walking into the building where it all started. Yeah, and and what was funny too is because I wanted to go, you know, my thought process is we're in Seattle, we got a day left. You know, go go check out the the uh, the fish market, right? The farmers market out there, the world famous. And after Twin Peaks, yeah, Twin Peaks was amazing, by the way. <laughs> one of the greatest, one of the greatest restaurants of all time. If you've ever get, if you've never been to Twin Peaks, there's one in Las Vegas, there's one in Seattle. It is very important that you go to because the food is amazing and the atmosphere and ambience is like one of the best things you'll experience in your life. We could go over that story in a future podcast. True story. Um, so I, I, I do gotta I do gotta d- dive into that a little bit more. So you're you're six six, right? True. Tall, very tall. Uh, Mark is five two, probably. He's a very short guy. Okay. 
Is that I was do you know his height? I would Mark Rosewater is yeah, I would say yeah, about five two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they t- Sean and Mark took a picture together, which was hilarious because Sean literally spread his legs apart very, very far to get down to his level. But when he walked in walked through the doors for the first time, and it's not a dig on him, it's just your your freakishly tall. Um, when he walked into for the first time and you like you saw him walk through, what what was the feeling? Like what what was it like meeting? It was it it was like it's hard. I, I want to say I, I no I, I had no idea what to say. You know, like when you're when you're when you're in front of somebody that you have so many questions for, uh, and you have a very 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 limited amount of time to talk to them. I I genuinely wish I had more time to prepare for this. I mean, I didn't even pitch my own podcast to him. That was, you know, one of the things that was <laughs> crossed my mind afterwards. But anyway, um, it, it was it was just like, wow, this is the guy that is spearheading, you know, this this game that I love so much, and I I just want to, I I, I you know I I don't think I got stage fright that much. I just wanted to kind of talk to him like a, a, a normal person, but trying to you know keep it all contained was was definitely difficult um but yeah it was the the hype definitely kind of kind of caught me and i was like oh wow you know he's he is pretty short but he has so much energy though like that that guy could literally both of you did jump over me if he wanted to (laughs) when he got there well Um, and that was the thing it's like because he just thought like okay a fan fanboy coming in but then you started like like talking about stuff very very deeply into the game yeah and there, I saw I saw it in his eyes too. There's a certain spark where he go he you can see his reaction go. Okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. And that was kind of cool to see too. Yeah, and I, 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 I don't know what you said, but it was. You know, it's funny. The first question I asked him kind of broke me out of that that daze because I asked him a stupid question. I know what his answer is because on his podcast he always says this. He goes, if anybody ever asks me, they always want to know, what's your favorite set? What's your favorite set? And he's like, that's like asking me, how do you choose between your children? Like, I can't. I can't. I worked on all of them. Like, I want, you know. And so, of course, my dumbass asks him the first question (laughs) I could think of. What's your favorite set? And then he goes, well, they're all like, and as soon as I start hearing him answer that question, it was like, boom. All, I'm like, well, okay, all right, hang on. You got to start talking to him about other stuff. So then, uh, so then, you know, we started asking others, and he was like, do you, do you have any questions about whatever? And I asked him, uh, you know, where's this character? And he couldn't answer the question because he was coming up, obviously, in a few sections later, which we found. Anyway, um, yeah, and it was super, super cool just to talk to him and geek out about the game. Like, I really wish. Next time I get to talk to him, I actually have some more meaningful questions and have some deeper conversation because that guy's been heading this thing for so long and he's seen so much. Wow. And uh, and I've had plenty of, of times and ideas where I'm like, I would love to create something like this, but I, I can't move to Seattle yeah. is the problem. So. Yeah, and how things are going to Seattle now, I don't know if anyone would want to no. move in there. No. Uh, it's actually in, in uh, it's, not, it's not in Seattle, it's in um, R- Roanoke, no, not Roanoke, I forget Renning, I forget Renton, Renton, okay, yeah, 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 there you go, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a good time, so where would you rank that, uh, that experience in, like, uh, 
right below well, both my son's births. Wow. So it's definitely up there for you. Definitely up there. Very cool. Definitely up there. So my former job, job you're, the, the work you're currently at still, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one of the reasons we got to go there was because of the training from the current, current place we're at. Yeah. You've been at this company for 13 years now? 14 Four, years. 14 years, right? Yes. In in a, in a generations now where people are bouncing around from job to job consistently, you know, what do you think it, it's been that has kept you there so long and um, and kept you away from doing the bouncing around and, and going, going different places? Stability, consistency, and familiarity are the three I can come up with and feel comfortable saying. Because there's been a lot of... Well, okay, let's, let's, let's give you a brief synopsis here. I started working for CentOS in 2006, June of 2006, and I was a new business sales rep. I was not good at selling. I couldn't handle objections. Uh, I was weak sauce. So after about six months of not selling too much, I decided to go into the service side of things and become a service sales representative, which I was for a major duration of my 20s, which allowed me to play and coach volleyball. I was, god dang, I was in the best shape of my life, mid to late 20s. Oh man, from 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 the physicality of working at CentOS to playing beach volleyball to coaching and working out, like, man. So. Uh, anyway, then once I hit 30, I was at a crossroads where I was like, hmm. Oh, and, 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 and I stayed with CentOS that whole time. I may have applied for another job once or twice throughout there because, you know, reasons. Morality. <laughs> Situations. Yeah. So, um, when I moved out here, it was either stick with CentOS or find another job. And... I was told I was going to be brought over with the same pay that I had when I was in the Bay Area, but a week before I moved out here, I was notified that I was going to have to take a pay cut and start from way, 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 way below. So I had to negotiate that back up a little bit. So I kind of got about, sounds about their way. Kind of got you know boned a little bit coming over here, but uh, anyway. So then I started trying to climb the ladder up the service side of things. That didn't work out for reasons, and so now I uh, I, I, I sidestepped over into the sales industry and I have been doing pretty well for myself, enjoy it a lot, and have fancied myself a salesman for the first time in my life. Um, so uh, so uh, yeah, I would definitely say the familiarity, the convenience, and the consistency, because the benefits are good, uh, you know, the vacation is steady, um, the job is monotonous, you know, you can do it with your eyes closed. Um, it's just, you know, how well are you being led? But again, we're not going down that road yeah. today. Oh, so, yeah. so with, with, with that being said, and you're, you're a, um, a, what is it? Sales service representative for, yes. for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And even the role you're doing now, um, you know, there's a lot of involvement of going, going to meet with customers, seeing customers, seeing behind the scenes of, of businesses, seeing how everything is around, which personally still like with with all the things issues that i have have with that company now um i still think that was one of the coolest things about about working for it is 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 meeting people meeting you know business owners who have taken the plunge and then seeing their passion behind start starting their business or you know workers that are passionate about their their positions 
Um, totally. So what would you say is the like the coolest, funniest, and weirdest things that you've seen on the job that you'd like you'd like to divulge? And you don't necessarily have to name companies that you were at, but just experiences that you had um, that you think is worthy of of bringing up on the podcast, so people kind of can get an idea of what you've done that I've seen on the do. job or that I've done on the job. Either. <laughs> we can do either. So let's start with scene. Um, let me start with a couple um, instances from when I worked out in San Leandro. Because I started out in San Leandro or Oakland, as most people say, but it is in San Leandro. And uh, they service uh, some particularly rough neighborhoods. And uh, one of my cohorts was uh, recounting his day when he pulled up to service an account. And a car pulled up rather quickly in front of him, and then another car pulled up behind him. Someone got out of the car behind the first car quickly with a baseball bat, and came in behind the person getting out of the driver's seat and proceeded to start bashing their head in right in front of him as he was about to get out and start servicing the account. So he got back in the truck, turned, this is uh, and drove a, away. A driver. This is him? in the Bay Area. Yes, yes. I, I don't want to say his name, but you don't, you don't have to say his name. But what the hell? Yeah, this was in uh, Richmond. Yeah. It, it, was the, there? Do they? Was the there port, ex- explanation? The port of Oakland, where they have all these industrial shipping and you know receiving places with these huge cargo cranes and everything. Yeah. You do not want to go there after a certain time because crime is very very prevalent out there. Wow. It's bad. It's really bad. And so um, anyway, we service customers <coughs> in those industrial areas, right? Yeah. And so you never know. Some days you uh, run into situations where. Uh, I, I remember counting garments one time at a landscaping company, and uh, you know one guy's pockets condoms fell out of it. Huh. I thought that was kind of funny. I'm like, okay, Un- underwear is always the grossest. Oh yeah, and, it, oh, yeah, underwear was pretty and, nasty. And yeah. women's underwear like oh. coming out of guys' pants. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, was the guy okay though? That got beat? Like, um, he didn't know. He drove away. It might have been on the news. I don't know, but no. Just, oh, okay. Yeah, no, the okay. driver drove away. Okay. He's like, I'm going gotcha. to service this place later. I don't want to get involved and, you know, whatever. Wow. I, I remember riding along with somebody, and this was, you know, in, in the, you know, parts of Oakland, and we were servicing this account, and we were walking, I was waiting for him to load the cart, and I see this lady, this older black lady walking through the street, or sort of uh, trudging through the street, right? And I see her, and as soon as she made eye contact with me, she started walking my direction, and I was like, oh, my God, what's happening? And then she comes up, and she walks within maybe, like, four feet of me, but she's walking like she's going to pass me. But then she says, what you need? And she throws her purse in the air as she's walking, and it lands, and she just keeps walking away. And I turn over, and who? This guy driving, right? He comes out as he's loading, and he goes, oh, that's just auntie. Don't worry about her. <laughs> Oh my god! Okay, you got names for them. Cool, but uh, but yeah, no, it was it was a trip. You know, you see a lot of stuff in uh, in the cuts. But so, what was the coolest coolest thing you've experienced? The coolest uh, thing either, I've experienced either, on either, route, either current route, current position, or on on route. Coolest, God. Um, okay, all right, I got this. It was actually, it was uh, towards the end of my San Leandro career. It was when I'd already decided I was going to move out here and I was going to come to work for the Centos in Fresno. And I think I had less than two weeks left. And I pulled my truck up to uh, Business X in, you know, the San Ramon. Uh-huh. And I was, you know, as I pull up, I notice there's a car that comes up and parks right behind me. 
And so I get out and walk over, and two guys get out of this car. One of them's in a suit and tie, and one's in a polo shirt. And they walk over to me as I'm coming around, and they go, Hi, excuse me, are you, are you Sean from Cintas? Now, if you've ever seen a Cintas truck, the, the effing logo is plastered all across the side, and it's on my damn uniform, yeah. right next to my name. Yeah. So, is this a rhetorical question? Like, who am I dealing with already, right? So I'm like, yeah, no, I'm, that's, that's me. And they go, oh, okay, well, um, we just want to let you know, um, we're from Airmark, and we're think, we think you're doing an exceptional job here. Like, our reps can't get their foot in the door without them tearing up their business card, saying like, oh my God, we, we love this, our driver, blah, 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 and all this other stuff. And then they go, so we hear you're moving to Fresno. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, whoa, word travels fast. And they're like, yeah, if you ever, you know, they treat you wrong, you know, we got a position for you over here, you know, you're good to go. And I'm like, all right, thanks, whatever, cool. But that was probably uh, the coolest experience that I've had. Just your, your, work ethic, your work ethic is showing. I, it, I, I hope it does because, you know, I give everything I can to my work and some people see it and some people don't. So well, that's impressive. Well, it's, I mean, it's always exciting when the competitor is trying to poach you, too. Mm-hmm. So, that's nice. I don't mind it. All right. So, um, so we, we touched on it a little bit earlier in the podcast. Obviously, you know, I won't go too deep into it, but mm-hmm. going through a divorce now. Yep. All right. So, you know, moved in here, out of the house. So, what's been the, what's been, like, the biggest uh, transition for you? And what 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 are you having to get used to again? So, roommates, I'm definitely used to. Um, I think the biggest transition is just the space, to be honest, because I got a lot of stuff, as you well know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's good for me at this moment to downsize because. There's been a complete shift in priorities with the divorce and separation and all this other stuff. Um, And I have different goals in mind now. And everything that I have, you know, to my name right now should be able to get me there. Mm -hmm. And if it's not, and if it has no, you know, what is it, emotional value to me, then it's, it's, it's pretty pointless, right? I mean, I'm down to like clothes. For me and the boys, magic, computer, laptop, beds, um, food, food, right? <coughs> Ninja Turtle video game, yeah, some other you know Great random stuff. But that's Great it. Investment. Yeah, no furniture, no oh, a desk <coughs> and chair and bed, but mattress, whatever. So yeah, it's 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 been a complete shedding of everything. And so once we eventually move into our own place, we'll be able to start from ground zero, and you know. Now, to be fair, there, you do have furniture. It's just it, the house already had furniture in it when you moved in. We're not we're not sitting on a bunch of boxes in it's here. True, right? So I did sleep on the pull-out bed couch for a while until uh, roommate ex roommate moved out. But oh yeah, yeah. So it worked. <clears throat> so now back on the market, right? Hundred percent. Has there? And, and if you if you can't talk about it, I get it. It's but okay. has there been any potential dating experiences? Anything that you'd like to share? What's it like being back on the, the potential dating scene? Well, has there been anything for you? There's always <laughs> potential dating experiences. 
I would just consider myself uh, a little bit. I, I I can say nervous. You know, I'll, I will go ahead and say nervous, just because there's so many moving parts to me now, and mm-hmm. that's a lot for anybody else to want to take on. Um, that's not to say that I don't want to have fun, but I'm not a person who has been able to sort of fly by night, jump around, you know, person to person and have fun and, you know, be okay with that. Maybe I'll learn how to do that. I don't know. But I don't think you need to, I mean, if, if there's nothing wrong with having a little bit of morality too, to, mm-hmm. to not, not being that guy who. Tell that to I, him. But. Yeah, I, I, I get that. But. <laughs> Sean pointed to his penis, yeah. uh, but I mean, you can still there's it. It's still possible to you know you don't have to do, be the one night stand person. I, I was never. Well, I mean, and here okay, it's so okay to, it's okay to be that. So I, I'll 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 be one hundred percent transparent with you in that I've experienced both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, in the last like week even. Um, really, really, really. Do you, so you have any stories you'd like to tell? Or yeah, hundred percent, absolutely. So there's this local watering hole around here uh, so, that we I, won't. I do want to say, um, I'm glad you're jumping into this story because I wasn't going to bring it up unless you brought it up. Yeah, yeah. But there's an extra part that I'm, I'm going to add on to it after after you get done telling it. Okay. That um, I think adds value to the story and is fucking hilarious. And I knew you were going to do that, <laughs> so I was going to set you up for that, so that once we got there. It was going to be a seamless transition. Well, now it's not. But now, it, now, now, Uncle Segway has go, go you know it. pulled your pants down. And, <laughs> but anyway, um, we can edit it. So sure. So at this local watering hole, we were you know enjoying some fine cuisine that they provide. The excellent talent that works there, I must say, gorgeous, gorgeous women work there. So uh, as we're sitting down enjoying our food. You know, this woman walks in and sits down at the bar, and she's pretty attractive. And one of the waitresses comes up and says, "Hey, um, this girl over here, she's she's asking about you. Like, you want to, you know, you should get her a drink or something." And I'm like, oh, "Okay, all right." And I am in zero try mode right now. I just want to hang out, have some food, have some drinks, good times. You know, I'm a little faded, whatever. And so then another waitress comes up and says, "Hey, she's like." thinking you're really hot like she really wants to talk to you get to know you and everything and I'm like okay well maybe I'll go over there in a minute and then before that she gets up and comes over and sits next to me she's like hey bought you a drink too bought me a drink thank you and I was like hey how's it going I'm like hey what's going on you're pretty cute yeah you're cute too yeah do you want to get out of here sure I mean there might have been a little bit more conversation but we both knew what was up so next thing you know she's grabbing my hand leading me out we walk out the door I tried to call an Uber, my dumbass, but then she's like, no, I'm going to take you home. I'm like, okay. So we get in her car, and as we're driving, you know, we get to a red light, we're all feeling up on each other. Everything's going great, right? Going great. Then we get to the house. And I'm going to just interject really quickly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, How old are you, Sean? 38? 38. Sean still has it. I will say this right now because he had a 22-year-old attractive Asian she was 22? She was 22 years old. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. Congratulations, buddy. Okay. Continue. <laughs> All right. So I have this 22-year-old <laughs> that, no, we're going in and uh, I'm, you know, we're going in the door to uh, to my place and, you know, she's like, okay, where's your room? And I'm not even thinking, right? The gentleman in me should have been like, here, have a seat on the couch. Let me get you a drink. You know, let's, let's talk. Let's cuddle. Let's, you know, do whatever. 
she and I though had the same mindset and she's like where's your bed and I'm like bed's over here as we walk down the hall we turn the corner to my room and she freezes she sees the bunk beds she sees my mattress that's not even a bed on the ground next to the bunk beds there's my laptop my gaming laptop with my camera set up over on the desk and, Ooh, and anyway yeah anyway so she sees all this and then oh by the way forgot to throw this in you know how you empty your pockets after work uh-huh yeah there were some disposable gloves in the top bunk i omitted so, that from the previous stories that i told so this is the first time so, morris is yeah. hearing this piece of the story so you had live camera laptop yeah uh a single ma- yeah a, a yeah twin so anyway ground and disposable gloves so anyway Perfect. she turns the corner immediately like avalanched by this and she just goes yeah, I gotta go, and turns around, and all I can do is sit there, I literally smile and just think, yeah, yeah, she's she's probably right, <laughs> she's probably right, she probably, I would have done that too. She probably thought you walked into a murder house. Uh, yeah, yeah, so anyway, there was that, right, that that was the first end, where it was like, okay, I could I can go out and get late, if I really, really wanted to, but. So, so I, I want to add, I want to add to the story, so, as, sh- the bar is full, right, the, the bar slash restaurant, yes, there's, yes. It's crowded all the way to the max. We see Sean, we see the girl grab Sean's hand and walk him out the door. And as he's walking out the door, I'm sitting with uh, two other buddies that, that were there with us. And quietly, like down, down by my lap, I look, I'm looking at Sean's back as he's walking out. And I do like a, a gentle golf clap like this. No one else can hear me. But then all of a sudden, the table behind me of like four people started like clapping really really loud so i'm like okay i'm gonna get into this too so i started clapping (laughs) and before you knew it it, i've never experienced anything like this it felt like you were like a teenage comedy um (laughs) everyone in the entire bar started clapping for sean leaving with this girl and like whistling all the bartenders like all the servers where everyone was clapping for you (laughs) and one guy that you did not talk to from the very back of the room goes he did it (laughs) i i lost my shit i was laughing so hard it was one of the coolest things to experience for me and i feel like it's important that you know this story because people are proud of you (laughs) i i appreciate that i needed i needed the moral support i really did um so that being one end of the spectrum that I've experienced, uh, the very uh, the very next night actually, uh, I, I got to, to hang out on the other end where um, you know there's uh, a friend of mine that I get along with great. We you know we vibe and it's really cool. And so we've hung out quite a few times. And so after going to a bar playing some pool, playing some games or whatever, we come back and, you know, she just ends up crashing in my bed with me and, excuse me, you know, there's cuddling, there's making out and all this other stuff. No, no, why? But, you know, it was, it was, it was nice. Get your feet wet. Sure. Yeah. So there's, there's that too. Right. And, uh, so like I said, I'm not in the position where I am actively out rushing into things like I'm on Tinder I'm on Bumble and I'm like having conversations with people honestly it's bad I'm just having conversations with no real intent <laughs> unless it just like you know stumbles upon my doorway somehow magically but or you you're able to stumble upon their doorway sure or, sure sure yeah. but like I said zero effort on that front at all 
Okay. I got, I got, I got more important things to worry about. Yeah. But you're, are you happy to be back in, back in the, uh, very the game? happy. Okay. Very happy. Like, like there's so many attractive women out there and I, 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 I feel like, how do I say this? Um, without sounding like a complete and total dirtbag. <laughs> um, I would like to hang out freely with lots of women and not worry about what one woman thinks I'm doing is wrong or right. If that makes if that makes sense. Okay. Like I like yeah. have been, I like being social. I like going out and hanging out. I like being able to say and do whatever I want. But I don't like being able to say and do whatever I want. But there's somebody who's like, mm, you know. Wow. So. No, I completely get it. Yeah. So it would be wrong of me not to ask, right? Sure. You've you've actively stated that your favorite movie of all time is Monty Python and the Quest the Quest for the Holy Grail. Hands down. So explain what what is it about that specific movie? Um, is it something that links to your childhood? Is it just everything? What is it about that specific movie that makes it your favorite all time greatest movie of all time? So there's kings, there's swords, there's knights, there's castles, there's all that good stuff. I'm just I'm a fan of that 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 genre. Uh, it's Monty Python. It's British comedy. The Monty Python style of humor is uh, it's wonderful. I absolutely love it. Um, my dad had uh, vinyl records of Monty Python skits, and he would play them, and it was uh, it was very very very. I, I just remember hearing him laugh hysterically. To these, and you know, I wanted to to recite these because if I did, obviously people would laugh, and sure enough, they did. But I didn't know what I was saying, so I would go to these family functions and recite Monty Python skits with like obscene words and not know it. And you know, people would laugh, and then you know, you know parents were like, ah. <laughs> but you know, it was it was it was fun. And the Holy Grail is just one of those movies that is so quotable, and I get it. That's the style of humor that I am, I am all for one hundred percent. Like like Mel Brooks style humor, like just dumb, silly yet intelligent. You know, makes I, you think a little bit kind of humor. I gotta say, like I I I, I don't know if I'd rank it as like my, my greatest or my favorite of all time. And for me, you know, I'm a movie fanatic, so it's kind of hard for me to pick one. Oh yeah. But I, I it is up there for me too. I laughed my ass off when I first watched it, and I think. The first time I saw it, I ended up watching it like five or six times in a row. So it it is one of those classics that you can go back to uh, to the well and watch any time and still enjoy it. Right. Too. Yeah. Okay. So you're six six, being tall, a tall drunk drink of water. Right. We'll give you yes. a little, little compliment. Tall drunk of water. Oftentimes, being told you look like the Atlanta Falcons quarterback <laughs> Matt Ryan. Oh no. Also <laughs> looking like Eric uh, Stolansky from Super Troopers. He played the rookie. <laughs> You know, what are some fun experiences or run run-ins that you might have ex- uh, um, and stories that you'd like to tell? Yes. Where people have mistaken you for an actor or a fame or or, or fam- an athlete or a, a professional athlete. You know, wh- what are some experiences you've had in the, in those situations? So, it's actually it's it's actually happened a few times and. I, I don't get it, but I guess I guess maybe in I, I have a very nondescript sort of white tall person. Put it. Put I had it, a much more athletic build earlier on in life, but put a, put a picture of Sean next to both both people I named, and there's a resemblance. It's possible. Sure. It's possible. Yeah, but um, so so the the first instance we'll say I, we were out in uh, we were out in the town in Fresno, and 
uh, after a night of fun and some pool and some drinking, we were walking around and then somebody comes and just wraps their arm around me and he points to me and he goes, don't mess with me, man. I know you're Matt Ryan. <laughs> and I want to take a picture with you right now. And I know you're... Uh, when I, I was just... I was totally trying to go along with it, right? And I was with, you know, my wife at the time and friends and we were, you know, all about just going along with it. So uh, I think, in fact, somebody said that you were an offensive lineman for uh-huh. me. True. Just, you know, going along with it. So anyway, so yeah, he took a picture with me. And I, you know, it's like it's Matt Ryan, it's Matt Ryan, and uh, I can only imagine what it's like the next morning looking at those pictures. It, it, it was funny watching them get into the Uber, like him and his three friends on the way out, and them like looking at at us and like talking about you and like pointing to you as they're getting oh in the my Uber. Goodness. There's some pretty big excitement there. So also, uh, there's a gas station in Merced off of Martin Luther King southbound when you exit there that I, I stopped at multiple times and one time I was coming back from the Bay Area and I stopped there and I was wearing my A's hat and like an Oakland A's shirt and as I walk in the guy behind the counter is like hey don't you you, you, you pitch for the A's don't you and I was like yeah sure he was <laughs> like oh well you know, he said uh, you know just like oh, okay blah 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 I don't, I don't even think we went names on it but the whole rest of the conversation he talked to me like I was a professional athlete and I was like yeah have a good day and so I, I stopped there again and he recognized me again and uh, it was it was just it was kind of funny like there was a couple times where we just you know I'd run into that kind of a situation and they'd be like I know you from somewhere has there been any way has there been any times where you've been able to use it to your advantage yet or not not quite yet um not quite yet. No, no. I have never been able to take advantage of somebody thinking I look like somebody. I'm not. Well, not, not taking advantage of somebody, but taking advantage of the situation. The situation, yeah, no. Yeah. No, I haven't, I've never, unfortunately, gotten that lucky. There's still time. We'll, there is. We'll there is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll say this. <laughs> I can tell a story real quick. Don't be, this yes. made me feel really good, actually. So, um, there was a period of time where I, you know, we're men, you know. Sometimes you have needs, and you do you do things that you're not necessarily proud of. Maybe you have pictures in your phone of stuff, you know, whatever. <laughs> okay. So there was a picture that was found in my phone. It was a screenshot, um, and the person I was with at the time thought that it was a picture of me and uh, a ch- a, some chick, like like blowing me. Oh shit! And uh, and uh, it was it was a picture of Johnny Sins. <laughs> And this chick, and so like, so you got mistaken for a porn star. I got so flattered at the same time that she was so mad at me, and I'm like, no, that's not, that's not, no, no, it could be, but. Well, so. well, on that note, we'll say father, bachelor, worker, volleyball player, Magic the Card Game master, podcaster. What's next for Sean Farley? What's next? Yeah, next would be. Next would be, you know what, on my bucket list, and this is legit, this is 100% legit, um, actor, even if it's in a commercial or it's in a small part of something, really? that's always been on my bucket list of things that I want to do, absolutely, 100%, <laughs> so at some point, uh, maybe a week that I don't have the boys and there's some audition that I can go to, like I... I'd love to at least try to do something like that. When when that happens, mm-hmm. if you get getting famous, mm-hmm. right? Am I allowed to be part of your entourage? You can pay totally. me to cook for you. I'll do it. Oh, oh dude, <laughs> dude, 
dude, dude, you could be my personal chef in a in a moment. Absolutely. I'll I'll, I'll take that all day long. Yep. That'd, that'd be amazing. Yep. All right. Well, I feel like our our potential future audience. I feel like Aaron has and uh, maybe Brigido. Aaron's gone to sleep by now. Yeah. He, he, but I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like people have been able to dive into your life a little bit a little bit better and get to know who Sean Farland is a little bit better. So I appreciate you taking the time, being candid, answering the questions. Mm-hmm. I think this is a, a, a fun time. You know, this is a podcast we're doing together. But yeah, but yeah, I think uh, I think is this is this where we end it? I think this is where we end it. I think this is where we end it. So thank you everybody for listening. Have a great whatever your day you're on. And happy Father's Day to everybody out there who's a dad. True story. Okay. I'm seeing so many leaves, I think I've never been done And I'm singing out loud because there's no one around To try and quiet me down and try and step on my sound And every sound I make is a chance I take And if it takes all night, I'm gonna stay up late And when I wake up in the morning, I'll be so from the rake But I'll be proud of myself and have a grin on my face A grin on my face I gotta pedal real fast to the factory And when I get off a three I'll take my soul body And race it back up the hill So I can work on my skill And every sound I make Is a chance I take And if it takes all night I'm gonna stay up late And when I wake up in the morning I'll be so from the race But I'll be proud of myself And have a grin on my face A grin on my face With a grin on my face Everything feels right Cause it works through the night And even though I worked hard It wasn't really so bad Because I'm doing what I love And so I'm thankful and glad And every sound I make Is a chance I take And if it takes all night I'm gonna stay up late And when I wake up in the morning So for playing the bass I'll be proud of myself And have a grin on my face A grin on my face Proud of myself and have a grin on my face